It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now here's your host, Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, our second day recapping 2022. And what uh, we did yesterday and continue to do today is kind of detail what uh, was reported on, what I was reporting on, on the trip to the Ukraine last March, soon after the Russian invasion and the bombing started. Again, uh, the bombing started on, on February 24th. By the time I got there, I, I think it was March 6th. You know, again, I'll look back. But it was, uh, you know, very early in the process. And in some ways, I, I think it was, uh, it was much safer to go so early in the process. And I, I went in through uh, Romania originally and, uh, and then and through, uh, through Poland, uh, Moldova, and um, you know, it, it's was a uh, it, it was to me it was uh, more. And I said this yesterday. Uh, well, the last last time uh, we we spoke on this, that it was a, more of a sad experience than it was a, a scary or frightening experience for the for the most part. And <clears throat> I went in through the uh, real rural areas and. You know, again, I, I, I tried to get into some of the, the heavier areas and I kind of got blocked, not kind of, we, uh, sent back and sent away. It just was uh, poor timing. And uh, in fact, uh, one area that I was trying to get into and, and they sent me away was, uh, was bombed, I think seven hours and 20 minutes after. It was below... Uh, Lviv, and uh, you know, I tried. I tried a couple different directions. Thank God, I didn't. I didn't get in there. But uh, you know, they, they turned everybody around, not just me. And you know, I guess they uh, they figured that there was going to be there was going to be action. They I don't know uh, how uh, how they knew, but I, I think it was seven hours and twenty minutes after the the very area that I was in uh, got. Shelled. I mean, you know, really, um, uh, you know, really wrecked. And uh, uh, anyway, it's it's just, uh, you know, looking back on it, uh, it I went in blindly. Uh, you know, had no idea what was uh, what was standing there, and you know, and what exactly we were we were looking at. I, I knew I wouldn't have been there if I, you know, if I knew. Uh, I'm sorry if I if if I, I didn't know it was significant, and one of the one of the first themes that came up when I was talking to people originally in Romania and Moldova and uh, you know and, and later in uh, in Poland a couple of days later when I got to Poland was that many of the people thought that this was the the start of the Third World War and. It was a it was a common theme. It was almost an accepted theme that this is what was going to happen, and the Ukrainians 
were were pleading you know and you know i'm holding microphones and cameras and and many of them were just you know pleading uh, inside you know the camera looking inside the camera lens and speaking to to america and and saying uh nato well actually they a lot of them pronounce it nato nato but nato um to uh to provide uh assistance in uh in, in shooting down russian planes and, and if you think about it let's you know let's face it if nato shot down one russian plane i mean it is world war three nato is is the allies right and the equivalent of the allies and russia is is the modern equivalent to the axis power in in world war two and we have a we have a situation where many people thought that was going to happen i had no idea i had no insight but i do know that that everyone was you know pleading for for nato nato uh, to to get in i mean just just about everyone coming from the ukrainian side was and they weren't you know they weren't specifically asking america to get involved and in the past prior to you know prior to this anyway uh whenever i spoke about anything i, I spent a lot of time in europe or i've spent a lot of time in europe people refer to the united states as, as a separate entity in, in this particular case they were talking about nato and and being a you know the group and you know the big reason why is the, the countries they were going into are nato uh, poland romania and uh, you know the you know others are, are soon uh, you know to follow uh, that didn't have nato status or didn't have nato uh, affiliation they uh, they they soon got that and you know again i don't know what the expectations were of the the governments themselves but i i do know that the soldiers on those borders of the neighboring neighboring countries that uh, they they were ready i mean they're they were intense and tense and i think many of them felt that it was going to spread and i remember another theme that went along with the the world war three theme and by the way before i even say that uh, you know go into uh, the thought um i i thought for several days while i was over that that this is the third world war this is how could this not happen just one wrong move you know someone shoots at this or somebody's perceived that shoot, shooting this if russia shoots down a nato plane um it's I, you know how do you argue that it's not the third world war and nato uh, would have to retaliate or vice versa so uh, you know I, I was you know completely i don't know what the word is depressed i guess the combination of just talking to refugees and driving around with refugees all day long and all night long um got uh, you know got me thinking and, and along combined with the the idea that the third war world war is uh, at hand uh, you know it's uh, it's depressing and i'm thinking i have four kids and they're going to have a much different world than i grew up in 
it's one of those things. I mean, uh, you know, the Third World War, World War Three. You, you know, you think, oh, this is this could never happen. There's a great quote, and I'm paraphrasing by Einstein. Albert Einstein was asked, uh, "What do you think the Third World War will be will be fought with? What weapons?" And he says, "I don't know." You know, the answer to that, but I do tell you this: that the fourth World War, I guarantee you, will be fought with sticks and stones. In other words, we'd blow ourselves up and we'd be back to caveman times, basically, is what he was saying. And I've always had that thought in my mind. But I also had in in mind that, you know, we could never see a third world war. It's It's the type of thing that that you read about or you or you see in sci-fi movies or someone comes up with a story about it and no one really takes it seriously because it's so out there but if you think about what's happened in the last you know let's call it almost 30 years you you've had some major events that maybe we wouldn't have predicted or we wouldn't have we wouldn't have guessed uh, we'd be going in, in, in any kind of direction to, to have these events happen. And, uh, you know, start with, the, start with the Internet. And I saw a lot of movies on, on the future and what the future of the world would look like. And, and I never saw the Internet on any of them, right? Stanley Kubrick predicted the, the future twice. And, and two great movies, right? Uh, uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey and A Clockwork Orange. Both of them were set in the future. And we didn't see anything that resembled uh, the internet. In fact, HAL, right, the big computer, was this gigantic thing in 2001. Uh, it was uh, this room-sized computer that ended up taking, I don't know, you know, some people make an argument that you know, maybe something's there. But the bottom line is that the Third World War talk always seemed far-fetched. When we come back, we'll continue on this. We're going to take a quick break. Frank McKay here. You're listening to Breaking It Down and and uh, talking uh, about a 2022 recap going back to my, my trip to the Ukraine, and I think significant time spent there, and you know, kind of, kind of catch you up on what the thoughts were, and almost a year, almost a year from the the first bombings there, and almost a year from when I went over. Frank McKay signing off just for now. We'll be back right after this uh, with more breaking it down. This is Frank McKay. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone back to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here for a second segment today. And uh, no interview, just talking uh, a little about uh, the, the Ukrainian situation. It's almost a year old. And if you're joining us a little late, the significance of that is, you know, again, 
it's it's uh, unresolved. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. We don't even know if the information that we're getting is uh, is correct. But you know, I went over for myself, and I, you know, kind of boots on the ground type of thing, and um, and, and saw for myself what was at least going on as far as the people and, and the soldiers uh, were concerned. I, I have no, uh, I had no real conversations with anyone high up in the government, nor did I, I try to do that. Um, I figured anything we would get would be, you know, would be spin, and <clears throat> much better to get it from ourselves, for ourselves. And I went over alone, camera, I shot a documentary, we'll, we'll be releasing that documentary soon. Myself and Joe DeFelice, my, uh, you know, co-writer, producer, director, on this, and it's, you know, basically the story of the, the refugees. Anyway, right before the break, right before the break, you're talking about uh, significant things that happened in or within the last 30 years that I don't know that anybody predicted or, or could have, if anyone knows, by the way, uh, that anyone predicted the internet, for example, um, you know, send it over, you know, text me or uh, email me and always appreciate that. But if you, uh, if you think about it, no one really predicted the internet. I, I mentioned Kubrick twice doing films on, on uh, the future and neither one of them had anything to do with, with the internet, which is really where it went. By the way, and it sounds funny, it's going to sound funny to say, but the cartoon The Jetsons, out of, out of all the predictors, out of all the pop culture films, TV shows, whatever, the Jetsons were kind of on Right. I mean, they, they were on with with a lot of things. I don't want to deviate too much, but it, it's worth mentioning the the Jetsons had FaceTime. Right. The Jetson phone. They were looking at each other and talking. And so they had FaceTime or, you know, way before it was FaceTime. It was made in the 60s, by the way. I don't know what year it was in 68 or earlier. So the Jetsons, uh, Hanna-Barbera's answer to their own Flintstones, the futuristic family, they predicted uh, that. They predicted the the Apple Watch, right? Or, uh, you know, Dick Tracy did that before them in, in the comic strips and everything. But the microwave oven and also the people mover, right? I do a lot of traveling. I, I've been to over 60 countries, all 50 United States, six continents. And you see a lot of these people movers in the, in the airports. The guy who invented the, the people mover got the idea. And he said, he, I got the idea from the Jetsons, from watching the Jetsons. I don't know the guy's name. But he has, has said that on the record, that he got the idea from, from the Jetsons. Microwave oven, right? He used to... You know, here, Elroy or something, Mom, can you cook up something for me? And she said, oh, what do you want? And and he'll say, uh, can I have a steak or can I have... A... And she'll say, okay. And she'd drop something in the microwave or whatever they called it at the time. And this, and this uh, you know, beautiful steak dinner would, would come out. Obviously, much different 
than than how a microwave oven is used. But you know, it's it's there. We're still waiting on flying cars, by the way. Right? We're still waiting on flying cars. We uh, they're there. We have something you know similar, um, but uh, yeah, we don't have that. Those uh, you know here in 2023, we don't have that. But we do again. We have this major event happening mid 90s. I think 1996 was when I got my first email address. And, uh, you know, that's, listen, a major event. 9-11, by the way, I, would we ever have predicted a, a terrorist attack on American soil? I, I don't think we, we did because we were all completely shocked when this horrendous event happened. I remember going in that night. I'm from Long Island, and I went looking for... Uh, friends that were lost so their their uh, mothers and fathers uh, didn't go in and I and I said to my wife let me let me go in and check the hospitals anyway it's a long story but uh, it was it was so shocking and and still I guess in retrospect looking back but if you think of all the precautions that we made since 9-11 in airports especially You'll see that. You'll you'll see that we were not expecting anything like this. I mean, the taking off the shoes. I mean, that had to do with that guy bombing something from, uh, you know, from his shoes. The shoe bomber, whoever that guy was, and all of these things that came from 9/11, and we could talk about it forever. We won't. Our subject really is the, the Ukraine, but the the predictors of of uh, 9-11. I don't know who did, if anyone has any claim to that, send it over. Um, really, there was, a, there was no way that that would, that would be uh, predicted. Uh, by the way, the 24-hour news cycle started, uh, you know, coming in prior to, uh, it was prior to uh, the internet. That was probably with the uh, OJ trial and uh, and the Gulf War, where it was constant, the 24-hour news cycle, news story every 24 hours, the ceiling on that was was shattered tremendously because of because of social media, right? It, it's not a 24-hour news cycle anymore. It's a second-by-second second cycle of information. You know, some good, some bad, and whatever. But I don't think anyone predicted either the 24-hour news cycle, which, by the way, maybe I should have started with that as as being this major, major change, this major departure from where we were, was the 24-hour news cycle. And that was prior to the Internet. And, of course, we're minute to minute on any kind of information at this point. And, of course, more recently, Somewhere in and around March 18th, 2020, we got hit with a worldwide pandemic and no one, no one would have predicted that. I remember exactly where I was when uh, the Rudy Gobert situation, uh, Utah jazz player, was... uh, came down with COVID and it started spreading and the NBA announced 
I think it was 13 days prior to the end of their season, that they would end the season, that they would end the regular season. And I remember driving, remember exactly where I was, and I was driving into Manhattan. And when I heard that, it came attached to Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson being announced as, as COVID contractors. In other words, they got uh, diagnosed with COVID-19 and Tom Cruise and, and his wife, Rita Wilson, were over in Australia and they got it. And at this time, you know, we're thinking, or many of us are thinking, that this is a death sentence. Most of us are thinking that, you know, you get COVID, it's a death sentence. So we're hearing, along with the NBA canceling their season because a, a player, not the biggest star, but I mean, obviously a prominent star came down with COVID. The Hanks, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson, ended up with, ended up with COVID over in Australia. And soon after the NBA announced, then we started hearing that MLB, Major League Baseball, canceled their spring training. The NHL hockey uh, folks decided, the leadership decided that they would follow suit, and they canceled their regular season. And the NFL backed up all activities, any training camps, OTAs, and uh, even the draft. I think the draft got pushed back due to um, COVID-19. The reason I say all of this, the reason I'm talking about all of these major events not being predicted, when people say World War III or the Third World War, and you have a guy like Putin, and I'm going back a year now, I'm, while I'm sitting there, people are saying a Third World War, and where maybe one time long ago, I would have laughed and said, come on, they're crazy, there's not gonna be a Third World War. Didn't think there'd be a 9-11, didn't think there'd be a 24-hour news cycle, didn't think there would be uh, social media, didn't think there'd be the internet, didn't think there'd be a global pandemic. Frank McKay here, talking about 2022 in the rearview mirror. Welcome to 2023. Frank McKay signing off. We'll be back with uh, our third segment as we return right after this. Frank McKay here. We'll be back with more from Breaking It Down. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone back to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, goodbye 2022 and uh, welcome to the early days of 2003 and 
and I'm celebrating by reminiscing and and talking about uh, the events or some of the events of last year, significant events, and something that clearly is significant is the the war that is has gotten so much attention and seems like a pivotal moment in history and that's the war in Ukraine that started getting close to a year ago February 24th I think 4 o'clock in the morning of that morning in uh, Kiev when uh, Vladimir Putin Russian president ordered the bombing of of the smaller and seemingly weaker uh, Ukraine, and uh, and and they and they bombed them. They they started bombing, and they expected, as many people expected, that this would be a quick, painless, quote unquote, no painless war, of course, but in Russian in the Russians' mind that this would be quick, painless, easy and that they would go in there and they would just pick up some cheap real estate, as people have said. Well, that that didn't happen. And certainly many people thought it would and that it would be a quick process, including myself. You know, I tried to go in as open-minded as, as possible. And of course, we all have our biases and, you know, it's natural sympathy to be um, empathetic with uh, with the Ukrainians. The Russians are the aggressors, and you know it's easy to uh, to feel for the for the underdog. And the Ukrainian people, by far, are uh, the, the underdogs in this. Very valiant fighters, and you know, I, one of the reasons I went over too is I, you know, I knew it was uh, a pivotal, or I, I felt it was it was pivotal, and I started, you know, obsessing on some of the news coverage, and I realized how bad it was. I mean, the news coverage I thought was horrendous when it first came out. I remember when a a news report, and you know, you kind of got to have to go back to the Gulf War reporting. And, and we spoke in the last segment about the 24-hour news cycle and where that came from, the Persian Gulf conflict, the war in the Gulf when Saddam Hussein invaded the, the smaller Kuwait and George Herbert Walker Bush rallied the troops and got everyone to, uh, to, to get Kuwait out. It was highly successful in, in that sense. Uh, get Kuwait free, I should say and get Saddam Hussein and the Iraqi army out. But there was a a news story, and it drove me crazy, and I don't remember what organization put it out, but they had these pictures of of these Ukrainian soldiers, and, you know, they were tough-looking guys, all smoking cigarettes, and, you know, they looked like... uh, you know they were ready ready for a fight and they you know kind of jumped in into some kind of pose and i remember the news reporters oh my god uh, they said when i saw these men these four men i said 
boy rushes in for a fight. How do you, you know, how do you say that? <laughs> These are four guys. They could be the toughest guys in the world. I, uh, that means that Russia's in for a fight because these guys look good in the picture. These guys, uh, you know, and again, I'm not putting them down. I, I, I was cheering them on, whatever, but let, let's, let's not be ridiculous. Russia's in for a fight because, because of, of the resolve of the Ukrainians and their lives are at stake. Their, their land, their country is at stake. Their families are all in, you know, complete disarray. I saw that up close. But I mean, let, let's, let's stop being ridiculous. What do you mean, Russia, because of this pose of, of these four men? I don't remember the news agency who did it, but it was a major news agency. And I said, oh, my God, get the hell out of here. The other thing that drove me crazy was they kept talking about a 40-mile 40 40 mile column, military column. And everyone was saying, oh, you know, now this is coming. In other words, like, this is, this is Putin. Now this is where he's going to show his might. It, it's a 40-mile military column. So I was listening to that, and I guess like everyone else, you, you hear it and you take it at, at face value, right? You take it as, as Vladimir Putin is going to put the beatdown, well, a beatdown on the Ukrainians, but a 40-mile column. And as I'm listening, and I'm switching back and forth between the, you know, right-leaning and left-leaning and middle-of-the-road or seemingly middle-of-the-road coverage uh, outlets, and everyone's saying, yeah, we're waiting on this, you know, this rumored 40-mile column. And I'm thinking to myself, what do they mean rumored, right? It's either there or it's not there. I mean, we know if there's a delay on the Major Deegan Expressway, and we know how long the delay is, how long it is, because we have eyes in the sky, right? We have satellites and we have, uh, we have helicopters. We have people on the ground. This is a war, a major war, with major news outlets, multi-billion dollar news outlets. And they're wondering whether there's a 40-mile long military parade coming a column death machine so when I got over there nobody on the ground nobody in the military nobody in the Moldovian uh, military no one in the in the Polish military no one in the Romanian or the Ukrainian military that I was talking to and I was talking to everybody everybody you could imagine that was around I was talking to by the way if they had a uniform on I was talking to them and in the beginning I was asking about this this uh, 40 mile long column and I stopped asking you know why because I felt like an idiot after a while because everybody looked at me like what is this guy talking about what 40 mile column and you know, I know some people doubled back and said, oh, it, it dispersed and it was there and, and it spread into this or whatever. But a 40-mile column, military column, 
wouldn't be a rumor, right? It wouldn't be a rumor. It would be a fact. <laughs> it's a 40-mile, a 40-mile. Just think how long 40 miles is. A 40-mile military column. I mean, come on. Uh, again, I'm asking all of these military people. They're looking at me like I got three heads. Like, what the hell is this guy talking about? So what I started doing, and, and I shouldn't because I, I think this, this got different news outlets to uh, um, uh, stop wanting to, <laughs> to bring me on because this was, you know, this was clickbait, so to speak, when they talked about this 40-mile, this 40-mile 40 40 long military column, this parade of might by Putin is rumored to be there. What I started saying is, look, and I said it on all kinds of major news outlets, by the way, who kept reaching out to me, I didn't reach out to anyone. I didn't reach out to anyone. I was just independent at the time. I wasn't with ABC at the time. Uh, John Katsimatidis did send me some credentials, which was great. Um, I've known John for many years and a great owner of this station. And and he sent me some uh, uh, press credentials, and I had some from other stations and other outlets, uh, different places. I just wanted to, you know, look impressive when I, when I saw the military and I wanted them to know right away they can talk to me. But what I started saying, and we'll get into this more right after the break in our final segment, but what I started to say is, look, I'll make a deal, and I've seen this on, on, on air, whether it was a TV show or or radio show that I was reporting from, I would say, listen, I'm gonna make a deal with everybody. All of these agencies that are wondering whether there's a 40 mile military column coming from Russia, just point out where you think it might be and I'll grab a neutral cameraman. I'll pay him or her and I'll fly out to where it's supposed to be. I'll get over there and we will film it. I'll personally report if it exists. This way we could stop saying this and whatever. By the way, you know, certain people didn't want me on <laughs> again after I said that because they were, it was clickbait. It was, you know, whatever. Um, but anyway, I, I, you know, basically say, let's, let's get it. Let's end the rumor. Let's make it a fact if it's there. Frank McKay signing off just for now. You're listening to Breaking It Down and our recap of 2022, my trip to the, the Ukraine as the war started. Uh, Frank McKay here once again. We'll be back right after this for our final segment today. We'll be back after this. In many ways, Long Island is the story of America. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island is definitely the place for you. Now, here's your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone back for our final segment here, Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. More importantly, we are, we are talking about 2022, the year that was, and how I think it's certainly significant to talk about the Ukraine 
And, you know, I put my money where my mouth was and put my time and effort where it was. And, and I flew over to the Ukraine. If you're missing, uh, you know, the first uh, batch of segments that, that we do on, the, on review here. And I went over, I think I, I, I should have the absolute day, but I think it was March 6th. And again, 15 days, I'm repeating myself here, but 15 days total in the area, five days uh, in and out of uh, the Ukraine, uh, long periods of time uh, in, in the Ukraine um, for, for five days. And again, the, the additional uh, 10 days were in, in neighboring areas. Most of it ended up being uh, refugee coverage and you know, very sad moment there. Uh, as we left the last segment, I was saying about the, the 40 mile long military column that was, that was being talked about and was being teased. And all the news who got huge ratings off of this war kept talking about it. And, and I ended the last segment by saying that I, I started saying to people, I started to saying to people, uh, look, just give me a neutral cameraman. I'll pay the cameraman, camera woman, whoever, and I'll fly out to where this column is supposed to be and you could stop speculating on where it is. Of course, nobody wanted to do that, right? Nobody wanted to do that. I, I brought it up to some folks and you know, I'm not going to say who, but I mean some prominent folks in, in the media. And yeah, they didn't, they, they didn't, they didn't think that was a good idea. It's too dangerous. And you know, if you're going there, Russians are shooting first, asking questions. I, nobody wanted the answer to that because it was so much sexier. It was so much sexier saying, Hey, there might be a column military column coming from Russia that's going to end this thing quickly. Kept people tuned, right? Tuned in. Radio, TV, their websites. It's really a terrible game in so many ways that we're, we're playing. And I've been in media for 12 years. I mean, I, you know, again, I'm I always talk like the media is is something that I'm I'm not involved in, but I you know I've been on 124 different outlets. I've been I've had a show on NBC nonstop a TV show. I've been on PBS outlets with a TV show. I've won awards as a television host, mostly celebrity talk, and I try to stay away from the the news as much as possible, unless it's something monumental like this. By the way, January 6th when I heard. January 6th uh, had happened. I was coming from Kingston, New York, dealing with family business up there, and I heard of the, the insurrection where uh, the people stormed the Capitol, and that was going on, and as I was heading home to Long Island, where I live, I said, you know, why not? I called my wife, and and said, do you mind? And she said, no. And I drove right, uh, you know, when I got somewhere near Jersey, I drove right to Washington, D.C. 
and I stayed overnight in the uh, next couple nights there. And I stayed in the hotel with folks that were that uh, were involved in the insurrection that went in. And I did a lot of reporting from down there. But the one thing, and again, I don't want to deviate too much here. The, the one, one thing is that the, the people that were involved in this, in this insurrection, um, I, they were, you know, they were proud of it. You know, they were, they were happy. They were um, excited. They felt like they were throwing tea in the Boston Harbor. And people were showing selfies. And it was a guy that was scaling the Capitol. And he was in the same hotel that I was in. I was in a couple of hotels, but I stayed in one hotel. And I, I was trying not to act like a reporter because I didn't know what people would react to. And if they uh, looked up any past shows or anything and I said something. that, So I, I was trying... I was trying to just be one of uh, one of the crowd, but I, I obviously had to ask questions, and you know, I was getting into conversations, and it was easy to do because everybody was happy and bragging about it. But one of the stations that I was on, I think it was in Virginia, and I was reporting uh, from there. The guy who was on before, and he was a prominent prominent individual uh, I'm not going to say his name I know the guy I like the guy um, and he was saying that that the January 6th insurrection that it was uh, it was backed by uh, Black Lives Matter and and um, and Antifa and I was listening to the he was on before me and I'm like laughing like what, what's he talking about it wasn't it wasn't anything like that, and and again, I'm you know I'm trying to be as unbiased as as possible. But I mean, it was the most ridiculous thing that that I ever heard. And I was just there. I was in the. I was the only, as far as I know, maybe other people were hiding like I was, you know, hiding their identity. But I was uh, I was there at three to four in the morning, just in the lobby, just hearing everybody's. They were all pumped up. The adrenaline was just going and going and going. And these were. You know, these were folks that that were, you know, MAGA people. You know, they were they were Trump people, and they were like, you know, our friends down the block, and and um, you know, your friends in the, you know, it, it, these these were, you know, these were MAGA people, and they were very proud of what they did. They weren't embarrassed. They didn't think it was an insurrection. They didn't think it was um, against the uh, the American. They thought they were, you know, patriots, and. Like I said, that guy that scaled the the Capitol, the, the pictures are famous now. If you look up the guy uh, scaling the Capitol, he was there, and he was a hero. He was everybody's like, hey, whatever, Fred. I I forget the guy's name, but uh, they were like, eh, whatever. Then uh, I think he took a sell. It's amazing. I think he took a selfie of himself while he was there, and I think, and then. All these other people were uh, were were taking selfies as they were going in, and, and it was just it was amazing. It was you know very callous. Obviously, people died. Six people died, and you know I don't think they knew it. You know at the time, I don't think these people said, "Hey, let's kill people." You know they just got sucked into uh, this emotion. 
but the coverage that came out after that was just was was terrible you know like a guy up here on a local station who i know and he was a former public official and he was saying that same line about antifa and black lives matter the the host uh, said to me well we're hearing reports that black lives I, I said i didn't see a single um uh, non-white face in the in the whole crowd um you know and there were just hundreds and hundreds of people just celebrating you know feeling good and you know you know, I, I I don't want to say it was like hip hip hooray hip hip hooray. It was just a you know like a major event for these folks, and uh, they enjoyed it. But the reason I bring this up, why I'm talking about January sixth, is I went down there for myself, and I could see what's happening. And I I use that. As, as rationale to go uh, to the Ukraine because I thought the coverage was so freaking terrible. You know, that 40-mile column, different people. I mean, it's, it, listen, there's people, you know, that are on, uh, you know, the different sites and, uh, you know, and on different channels, including our channels, right? I mean, but they're getting information from from other Sources and they trust their sources, and they probably have wonderful sources for so many things. But you don't know what's true until you get there. And when when we meet again, we'll talk about some of this, uh, you know, more on a grand scale. But it's it just amazing to me um, the perception of reality and and actual reality. When you when you get there on the ground and you could see and you could ask questions, and again, forty mile military column. I don't. Where are the where are the satellite pictures? There's satellites all over. All these major news outlets, right? Billions, multi billion dollar news outlets, reported that repeatedly. Where they they have satellites? They have access to satellite. Oh, Russians knocked it out. Come on, what are you talking about? You know, if there's a forty mile a 40-mile, 40 40-mile 40 military column. I guess it didn't exist. I don't know. And if, if it did, correct me, guys. I mean, I'll be the first to admit I'm wrong. Frank McKay signing off. Uh, we'll be talking more about this as we, as we rehash 2022. Welcome again to 2023. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.